Howdy folks, Inquisitor Ethan here. Instead of the usual mid-conclave profile in Cinemania, today's episode is something a little different. After we got bunged into the clink, Verifier Andy continued to pursue the case of stamping out Cinemania, and heroically, rather than use his one phone call to contact an attorney to bail us out, Verifier Andy instead conducted an interview of the legendary grimdark artist Ian Miller, who, if you've been keeping track, contributed background illustrations to Wizards, which was the film we were scrutinizing at the time. In case you're just joining us, Ian Miller is a visual artist who is best known for the Realms of Chaos illustrations he did for Games Workshop and their Warhammer Fantasy and Warhammer 40,000 universes. He's also known for his cover illustrations on HP Lovecraft reprints and backgrounds for various animated features such as Cool World. Presented here for your trembling ears is Verifier Andy's interview in its entirety. Please enjoy. movie has cancelled my, my existence. <laughs> oh, don't worry about that. No one's getting cancelled. I'm the nervous one. I've, no, I don't, I've never don't, really, don't be. I've never done an interview before. So Ethan well, said... Well, don't worry about it. We'll just stumble along. By the uh, way, I, like to, I haven't had a chance to sit down and read your strip yet, but I like the general look of it. I'd, I've, um, I've got a pile of stuff to read tomorrow, so I'll, I'll, I'll pay it a little more attention tomorrow. Oh, that'd be great. Thanks for sending it. It's it literally. Yeah. I, I woke up from a bizarre dream one day and just started drawing mm. that thing, and it came out okay. So I made it into a little comic. Yeah. But well, I sent it. I hope you don't mind. I sent it to a friend yesterday, so um, who I was talking to on Wednesday, and he's very much into that sort of thing. So I just oh wow. Talking. So we'll see the um, obviously I'll see see I'll at some point get a response from him. So. Oh, cheers! That's brilliant. Thanks. Yeah, yeah it's all right. Anyway, you do, where do you want to start? Well, so we, we look at weird films and strange films and, and things like that. And uh, we, yeah. we watched Wizards, the, the Ralph Bakshi film. And uh, yeah. obviously you did a lot of, a lot of work on this. And it, it is a weird one. I have to say, we, we, we had a lot of mixed feelings about it. It's very bizarre, very strange. And uh, some of it we were going, yeah, we love that. Other bits we're going, what on earth were they smoking the whole time? And yeah. uh, it's, <laughs> But that's, that's what you want, really, from a, from a strange film. But uh, the, the yeah. guys, we all, we all got together and we decided we'd, we'd think of some questions to ask because mm. uh, obviously your work is very noticeable on the film. You can immediately see... Uh, you know, it sort of moves into bits that you did the backgrounds for and you did bits on. You can tell instantly, oh, right, here's, here's Ian Miller coming up. Here's, yeah. here's your stuff. So uh, I wanted to, to know, how did, you, how did you get involved in that whole scene? Because Bakshi was part of this underground comics movement and very much part well, of... I'd... Oh, go on. Yeah. Well, it was very interesting because obviously um, I was at St. Martin's in London um, in the late 60s, um, mm. doing a paint, painting degree. Um, and I remember going to see uh, Fritz the Cat at, uh, at a cinema, no longer exists, near Piccadilly. Mm. And that was my first, um, obviously I knew of Crumb, but that was my first, no, it was, no, was it Fritz the Cat? No, it was Crumb I think I went to see, or was it Fritz the Cat? And anyway, one of those films. And um, so that was my introduction to Ralph Bakshi. And then, you know, you go and see it and you think, oh, Christ, that was, that was, that was good. And then you never think anything else about it. Um, how how I came to get involved? Um, I'd done a I'd been commissioned by um, a pub by a publishing house by um, Ballantine Books um, mm. um, to 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 um, work on a fantasy calendar, um, and I was asked to do a Gormenghast 
um, illustration for the, for oh, the, yeah. for the fantasy yeah. magazine because I'm a great fan of uh, Melvin Peake, mm. and um, which I did. Um, the, the, the calendar was duly published, uh, and at the same, just after that, my wife and I was, were, were, went on holiday to see some of her sister in California, and um, it was a time when everything was that the pound was crashed. So, anyway, the upshot, cut to the chase, we ended up down and out in in San Francisco, and we we had three we had three months to wait before we get our plane back. <laughs> <laughs> So we lived in a place called the Gay Lord Hotel, just just close, not too far from Union Square, mm. and that was a very interesting introduction to um, to San Francisco in in the uh, you know in the early seventies, and with no money or anything, we just but it was a very exciting time, and we were living in, in the Gay Lord, and the great feat was on a Sunday you got free donuts and coffee. Oh, brilliant! And I went down um, went down one one on it was on a Sunday, and I was went down to get my donuts and coffee. We both did. And the chap behind the um, account said, "Oh, there's a message for you from from um, come to come in from L.A. from Ralph Batchy Productions." And I thought, "Oh, well, that name rings a bell." So anyway, it just said ring ring L.A. So um, I, I I duly rang, and um, and Ralph's secretary said, "You know, we we, we want to fly you down to L.A. straight away." Mm. You know. And so it was a bit funny because we were sitting in Grace Cathedral, you know, kind of the day before, listening to the, the organ music and going to the Ghirardelli. So I said, well, you know, anything had to be better than what we were doing um, <laughs> in this hotel. So we duly flew down. They put us up in the farmer's market, just um, just near farmer's market in, a, in one of the hotels there. And I went into the Ralph uh, studio and it was then, I think it was on the, uh, he was uh, um, not too far from not too far from Hollywood Boulevard, La Cienega, I think it was. Mm, mm. Um, but anyway, um, I w- walked in and we were taken out to, to dinner, and I was offered we I was offered a job on the spot. Well, I decided, having seen this calendar um, depiction of Gormagas, that I was just what he needed. Mm. And apparently, he's one of his top um, top animators. Uh, John Sperry, who who was you know kind of worked uh, uh, on 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 um, Tom and Jerry, had seen it and shown it to Ralph, and Ralph at that point you know so so it was it was a it was a done thing basically. He said, "When can you start?" Oh, great! Didn't <laughs> so um... I said, "Well, we've got to go back first. And I said, "Well, I've got to go back." I said, "We so suddenly we went from 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 a, a rather sort of what the happens next to <laughs> to this, this this of course you know of course i said yes so we came back yeah, yeah. and then they did all the paperwork you know and all the, the then sort of the work permit stuff and and, and julie you know not too long after i was i was back in the studio my own own little cubby hole with a green woody woodpecker desk blinds drawn you know kind of and ralph said just do what you want great <laughs> uh, he told me um, what he wanted so this you started with this Gormenghast calendar. Didn't Mervyn Peake work as an illustrator during the war? Yes, he did. He, yeah. um, you know, he was, and he taught, yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I was, I've always been a great fan of Mervyn Peake. I mean, not only as his, as his you know, as, a, as an artist, but also mm. as a writer. I mean, Gormenghast is probably one of the, de, you know, the definitive sort of fantasy tales. I don't know if you read Gormenghast. Well, I mean, I've uh, tried. It, I was a bit young when I tried yeah. to read it, and it was too much for me. I got through about a chapter of it, and I was very young, you know, 
preteen yeah yeah and yeah. it's uh it was a bit heavy for me i came back to it later and i, I sort of appreciated it more but i didn't have a brilliant, yeah. brilliant first introduction no, no, I, 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 I can i can i can get there with mm. that i can see that it is a bit um you know kind of personality and character mm. heavy so i mean you've obviously got to I mean, it was just the whole gothic, you know, kind of nature of the cast and so forth, the mystery of it. So, um, 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 because of my, my you're, upbringing. You're, you're Mr. Gothic, basically, aren't you, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just love the idea of castles and this sort of amorphous quality to it. Um, you know, and I'd been asked by the Peak Society to write an artist, in, write about an artist's impression of, of, of Gormagas. So that was about how amorphous it is, you know, it, it mm. sort of how you know the the confines and the actual layout of it it could be it was just a transport of the mind in many oh, respects yeah. so you could could be whatever you wanted it to be personally um, uh, i hate castles they're very hard to draw and you have to get all the flying balustrades and everything right and it's an absolute nightmare can't stand architecture yeah. it's real <laughs> i always well, try I, I, I was trying to get yeah. away with doing as little background work as i can and then your your stuff your backgrounds especially in, in wizards have these enormous geometric <laughs> detail and repeating patterns and anything i'm looking at that thinking oh my god this must have taken forever and uh I can't... Well, they, they did yes I, yeah they did some of the cars was when i was waiting i was my mother i was up north and in fact in just just in, in my mother was in in Timperley. she was um um, so I was I was in the in the garage in Timperley and and then in the bedroom just tuning away on these Gormagas drawings. Um, mm. You know, and it was just because there was no there was absolutely no sort of restriction. I mean, the restrictions did come later in the film when I was having to draw to fit established mm. animation. Um, but in essentially, I was just left to left to get on get, get get on with it. You know, and Ralph used to be there all the time. You know, always with your shoulder. But I mean, he just he was just brilliant in that respect. I mean, it was just he, you know, he found these people and then he just let them, he let them, you know, mm. do what they wanted to do. And that's obviously, it, until that's such interesting. Time... I, mean, um, I know Bakshi has a, a bit of a reputation for being someone to work with who isn't always the easiest personality. And I'm, I'm um, saying, well, well, <laughs> say that gently. Well, well but yes, I mean, that he does have his dissenters. I mean, the thing was that Ralph's wife thought I was, I was, um, you know, I was the dark side of Ralph. I was this little sort of, you know, demonic, um, you know, kind of alter, you know, alter ego version. Of right. So yeah, <laughs> you I've, must have I've found. I've actually got a picture in the. I've actually got a picture in the drawer that that where Ralph uh, drew me as a as ev an evil little golem. You know. Right. So a, bit, a, bit, a bit of a kindred spirit in a way, then. Yeah. So I mean, there was, and of course, you know, we got on very well, and. And it just seemed to work, you know, because when I went back to work for him, you know, and, and later, it, late, a later film, um, Cool World, he couldn't understand why I wasn't aggressive like I used to be. <laughs> and I said, because he said, you used to be such a, an aggressive, you know, an angry person. I said, because I've been doing kendo for the like, end years. And I said, I've been banged on the head so many times with a stick that it's all been knocked out of me, you know. <laughs> oh, so that's the secret, um, is it? That's uh, the secret to inner peace, get someone to smack you in the face with a stick. Yeah, but he was just, it was, I think it's only now really, you know, kind of looking back, that I'm almost more appreciative of that of that period now than I actually was. You you never sort of, you know, you do the best you can at the time mm. and then you think, my God, I could have done so much more. But of course, you can only do what you can do at the time in terms of, you know, your experience and your, generally how you feel, your state of being. Um, so it was, for my wife and I, it was a, 
it was like literally being thrown into the deep end. I often compared it to, you know, the kind of the artist version of trench warfare. You, right. know, you lived every second of it. You were living on your nerves, but my God, <laughs> it wasn't boring. It must have been incredible. I mean, just uh, just just looking at the results, the things that must have been going through everyone's minds and the substances yeah. that must have been going through everyone's minds for from the looks of it. Uh, well, it's, I mean, Ralph, yeah, I mean, Ralph is, you know, kind of, if, if Ralph, I mean, Ralph was not a person to get on the wrong side of. Yeah. He's a very, you know, he was a very strong, but I never actually had that problem with Ralph, you know, but yes, some people, you know, um, they, 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 they will, you know, kind of didn't, but uh, he, he, because he's, you know, he's an artist and he just gave a license to, 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 mm. to just to go. And I was at one point throwing things in the bing, so that's not good enough. So they'd come around and take them out. We can use that. <laughs> well, he, he was doing something so he, very new, though, because a lot of the a lot of the, the the attitude he brought to it and the the techniques he brought to it being used in new ways and doing different things. So it must have seemed like he was coming up with with crazy ideas that just go against what what you would um, normally do in an animated film to an extent. I didn't have any idea about what I was supposed. I think the, the part of the but the thing was that I, I I wasn't, you know, obviously I could see what was going on around me, mm. um, but I didn't actually have a preconceived idea of what I was supposed to do. But I just said, do it, do that. That's what I want, you know, just do more and more of that. And, and there were people around me, and, there was, and, you know, kind of Mike Plug who worked on the film too. You know, he was a you know, comic artist, a, you know, good. he was all an established comic artist doing, you know, that Plans of the Apes and Conan and so forth. And that was a great counterpoint for me, you know, meeting somebody that was a, a little more versed in the in the mechanisms. Mm. Um, but I never felt restricted. I mean, I felt sometimes, you know, it just it just seemed that the the, the vents were open, and you you could basically, um, you know, just I just drew essentially, um, and and that's I don't think I've ever had that license since. Really? Um, well, I don't think it happens very often because mm. you, I'm sure you're aware now because I've worked on other films since then, um, you know, they, they, where they want more control. They don't, um, they don't actually, you know, they want everything storyboarded and they're trying to, you know, it's got to be this way. It's got to be that mm, way. Mm. I never really had that type of license. And I think, well, part of his strength was he spotted people that, you know, that had something maybe a little different and he, and he, and he, he you know, he, he allowed them to, to, to go with that, I think. Uh, um, and I, so I think that was a, uh, a very interesting aspect of it, the way he operated. And I just recently looked at Fritz the Cat again. I bought it and I suddenly realized even now it's just so, you know, kind of some, some things you, you saw years ago and you look at this, oh, that's a bit dated. Mm. But if you look at something like Fritz the Cat, you know, it's so exciting still visually. And these Clinton counterpoints, the way the beat changes, it's a, it's a very, very powerful, you know, the way he animates, you know, you never quite know what's going to happen next. Mm, mm. And, I, and I just think if only there was a bit more of that now, there may well be. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I can appreciate Pixar, but it seems to me that every animation company now seems to just do want a, a, a Pixar lookalike. You know, it's the same sort of modeling, same sort of faces. Yeah. Yeah. Those, no, I, I, you know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can see what, there is a style that's sort of settled on, on animation. You do see a lot of and, the and same I ideas. It, yeah. Yeah, and 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 I think uh, I think that's why Ralph is, is is so relevant, even more so because people are rediscovering his films. They're going back and looking at them, 
and they're thinking, God, you know, that's the things that are happening there. The sort of the counterpoints. It's like a really, you know, kind of a fugues and mm. you know something musical. It's it's heavy rock. It's jazz. It's everything all mixed up. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely and, um, a, a, definitely an influence that that came after that period and after yeah. after that film specifically, but after that whole era of the, sort of the underground comic scene and these, these yeah. strange animations. Because then you get heavy metal. And, uh, you know, the, both the comics and then the film Heavy Metal that came out, which seems to owe a debt to these, well, was, these sort of crazy... It was a very exciting... Yeah, it was a very exciting time. I mean, it was just... Um, because everybody was, everybody was pushing the boundaries. Mm. And I think, you know, then the, cor- the corporations got involved and, you know, tried to, you know, take it over and, and sort of... And, of course, it's like they put a, you know... A, that you know they squeeze the, the arterial flow as it were because it has to fit into the you know into the system mm. and um and I, and I found that sort of freedom is rare to find when i went back to work on a film in 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 uh, vancouver recently you know i was amazed just how controlled and, and almost sweatshop the situation was in what mm. people couldn't couldn't do and I very quickly realized that, you know, I shouldn't be there, you know, because I, I didn't feel there was anything I could offer. Um, and, um, um, but, but uh, you know, I, I think that Ralph is still a force, and I think people have become more appreciative of that. Uh, anybody that's, you know, that, that sees what he does, it's, um, you know, they're, they're always, uh, you never hear, you know, you think, my God, you know, I don't know how many of Ralph's films you've seen. Um, I've seen I've I've seen a few of them, and also the the influence has seeped into the kind of films yeah. I see as well, because uh, I've definitely seen a, a lot of films where looking back at at things like Wizards, you think, oh, that's where yeah. that came from, that's where that idea sort of started. So I've I've seen his influence as much as I've seen his work. If you if you see what I mean. Well, I mean that his role is I've just just done some some the, the um, couple of uh, a poster for for. Um, it's the heat this thing of the night and it's just come out and it's very much it, it, it actually influenced you mm. know Ralph influence because he, they use the roller scoping that he you know that he brought to the to the fore you know um, and it's it, 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 you know the, the parallels are so you know so, so strong but it's mm. quite exciting and this is these are these are new you know kind of aspiring animator directors in New York now so there are you know there is a, a force out there that are trying to Still, you know, something different. I mean, I just, um, well, I think it was, I think it was open ended, I think, and that was yeah. a, great, a great aspect. Yeah. Now, it's interesting because there's, uh, as you say, there's a lot of control, there's a lot of money, and money always brings control um, floating around. But at the same time, there's a lot of new ideas and new tools coming out where people can do stuff for themselves and on their own. Like yeah. Anyone can just stick a, a little film up on YouTube anytime they want now. And there are people That's just great. doing their own, their own thing. And uh, most recently, uh, people have started using these AI art programs that can you can yeah. just type something yeah. in; it'll it'll create a picture. Have you have you had any knowledge of this? Does that shock you? Um, or a lot of artists are really sort of up in arms. Well, I haven't personally indulged it myself, but I've, I've made certain, obviously in certain small films. I did something a couple of years ago with with a with a with a, a, a Dutch um, friend called. Windig and he ran his own animation company and we did a little short called Jacob's Lament mm. um, which then went under Vimo and, and he you know he's a very very good you know kind of digital animator mm. and he just took a lot of my imagery 
um, and we made this little short based on a poem I'd written, and then we found a, a, a musician in Berlin. So it's easy to do that if there's a will. Yeah. And it was, it, it worked. So, you know, you ought to look it up in the thing and have a look at it just if you're interested. No. It's just called Jacob's Lament. Um, and it should be still out there on Vimo. Um, um, and, but I haven't personally sort of sat at my computer and played with, but I'm just actually now about to start work on some, some, some elements for French director's um, film. So mm. uh, there are, you know, there are, um, there are people. I mean, I, I know what I can do. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, if I ever thought I was a Renaissance man, I <laughs> 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 Yeah, I think you get through it. I, you know, I, I, I do. I know, I know what I want to do, and yeah. I, I have a far wider remit than than people normally know about. You know, I, I work in all sorts of mediums, um, but most of what I do that, that people know me for is, is is the very sort of tight, sort of banknote sort of style. Mm. Um, and I really, you know, I have enough. I have enough to do just exploring the sort of the, the you know, the, the 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 shelves inside my own dark cupboard, really. <laughs> I know, yeah, you know, I, I know what you mean. It's it's easy to to think you're branching out into something new, and you end up just exactly doing the thing that you know you really want to do all along, and coming back to the same yeah. ideas. Uh, I mean, I, I believe that you know. I, I, I'm in saying that I don't believe that one should, you know, kind of find something. I, you know, the kind of the the, the, the whole creative process is is to continually extend the process. Yeah, we've been looking for new challenges, so that is the point. So it, it is a it, the, the only constant is change. So I'm always looking to evolve styles, evolving sensitivities in what I do. Mm. Um, but I, you know, but I actually, strangely enough, I when some years for some years I spent quite a lot of time you know, playing on my mind with the Mac and so forth. And I'm a great, you know, I'm a great fan of computers. I'm not one of these coffee book table, mm. you know, they're, 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 they're a brilliant tool. Um, but I've tended to come back to the more traditional forms of sitting at a drawing table with pen and ink and drawing. Yeah. Although I do use the computer a lot for scanning images and manipulating them that way. Yeah. Cause I, um, I, I use, um, a graphic tablet most of the time now yeah. where you're drawing it and it's because i i love having the control over things like color because i used to hate thinking or oh, i've got this red pen for example and it'll be slightly different red every time i use it and the ink will eventually yeah. fade but you can say i know i want this exact red it'll always be this red on yeah. the computer and i love having that that level of control i i almost like the yeah. mechanical nature of it because i hate thinking that something is ephemeral and it just exists on one piece of paper, and then eventually it'll rot away. So, well, I think the thing is that that's the the, the big argument. I love what I used to call the coffee book argument about mm. whether digital art, you know, it's it, what it all boils down to ultimately is possession, mm. um, because people want to possess the, the original, and it doesn't make anything the digital image is any less valuable or you know or, or brilliant. Yeah. But of course, once it's digitized, it can be printed. You know, there is no sense that, that there is one. It's just out there, all these these dots and, and the pixels floating around. But to have the bit of paper with thumb marks on it and pen marks and indentures, dentures, there's something about that that people just want to own. Yeah. The only one. And, and I get that. I get that. Um, I've I don't always, have any yeah. with that at all. I've always been a bit nervous about that idea just because every time I own a unique 
thing. I always think, what if I break it? What if I lose it or something? I think there's something comforting about something mass-produced where you think, well, there's always going to be a 100,000 more of it so I can mess with this and fiddle with it and mess it I up. Think, and... I, I, I think those lines have got a bit smudged now because most people actually scan now. Mm. Um, when I was started out, it used to be four or five trannies that cost an arm and a leg, so you didn't do it. So you had no actual record of the work. The amount of work you know, that, that just went because there was no good way unless you were prepared to pay about 40 quid a pot to get a really good four or five tranny shot. I mean, that you sounds know, so do... nerve-wracking to think that there's one of this and the shot has to be right and it's going to be expensive to, to reproduce. It's, uh, it's uh, a very different way of thinking to nowadays where things can be reproduced so much more easily. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think it's, I, I think it's, a, you know, it's, I think it's just a point of view. I have mm. no issue that people are going to, it's whatever actually works for you. I don't, uh, you know, it's, it's, these aren't sort of, it's not a discussion. That I think, well, yeah, that's cool. I'll get, I'll get that. <laughs> you know, I can go with that. Um, I've never really thought about the pressure of it. I mean, I've, the impermanence of life anyway, you know, kind of thing, if a drawing gets thing, well, sail again, you know, it's a, that's, that's a bit of a bugger. <laughs> um, I mean, I used to have these burn boxes when I had an agent in Washington, and, mm. and I used to just say, sort of shit, and, you know, kind of <laughs> the bin it would go. And then she said to me, she said, every time you have this this desire to rip something up and throw it in the bin, just put it in a box and send it to me. <laughs> really? <laughs> I <can> sell it. <laughs> oh, my and every God. month or two, I'd fill a box of all the things that I couldn't stand looking at and then post it off to Washington. And she would just sell it. So it was a sort of an income. So, you know, and the whole thing, the perception of, you know, going to what, um, but you, these are periods you go through. You just, you just, you know, you just sort of, you're finding out it's the frustrations. I think, but just to get, you know, to sort of relate back slightly more to the film, the mm. problem I had after working for Ralph was, and seeing my stuff going into an animated situation, when I got back and was just thrown back into it all with what's called the still world, Everything it was created an immense frustration because I, I'd seen the potential for things moving. Mm, mm. So then I tried to, when I was drawing, sort of find all sorts of graphic means of electrifying them so they looked as if they were moving. Only if it, although it was only one, one, <laughs> one right. field. And so that set up a, a very, very um, perverse sort of. Sometimes I used to get very angry to be looking at this things. It should be moving. It should be moving. So, but in a way, that probably empowered and made me think about how can I, you know, how can I operate surfaces and in, interchange, and, and that's why I was I love Tendency because can you know, and even the idea this, these the strange harmonics you get in images, which are so. I mean, Pater said that all art moves to a state of music, and, it, and it's very mm. true. You know, the counterpoints of color. And I, when I used to teach, I used to talk about the speed of individual lines, the way the eye moves along a line. You know, when you draw with a rapidiograph, which is a mono line, it, mm. it is a, it's sometimes flat lines. But if you're using a dip pen, where the thickness of the line oscillates almost, then, you know, the, the, the visual, the sort of the, the visceral reaction to that line is completely different. Oh, yeah. So adding, the, the, adding a tiny bit of weight to a line can totally change the, the density yeah. of, a, of, of an object. Yeah. So the thing is, that you, you know, you sort of create this. There is this in, in, you know, inherent 
a harmonic in the drawing in the way the lines are sort of, the, the lines are interacting with each other mm. and you know kind of trying to draw don't use lines they're not necessary some people say don't use them but and, and all of that you know came back to this whole idea of, of, of this sense of animation sort of animation frozen in time and and so for you know that's always been a um, an element of I never lost that sort of mm. interest in trying to find in the way I'm like a creative picture, the sense of movement or just some areas where there, where there's sort of people had to stop and think, well, what's happening there, you know? Yeah. Um, with, it's interesting. You can immediately tell uh, where that's missing as well. I mean, it's hard to describe when it's there, but you know, yeah. if it's not there, you immediately can see if, uh, if something looks static. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I think lots of imagery, you know, I, I, one of my lectures used to say, you know, the, the artist, you know, the technician stops where the artist begins. And, you know, that was certainly one of the sort of mantras we had to, you know, and I think that what it is, you can have something which is absolutely technically brilliant, mm. but it's absolutely, it's deadlines, it's stillborn. You look at it, you think it's beautiful, technically beautiful, but there's no, there's no, it's not breathing. Yeah, like a you know, blueprint. Or a, yeah, yeah. There's absolutely nothing. There's no. There's no beat. There's no pulse to it. And sometimes somebody will, you know, counterpoint some beautiful bit of drawing with just a, which might, you know, the, the cousin's thing, the blotesque, a smudge, and the, 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 you know, the two resonate together. And the eye and the and, and the, the sort of you know, sensitivity wise, you go, God, <laughs> that works, you know. And you mm. you see images, and they instantly there's instant connection. You, you think, oh, why is it? No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Sometimes I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll be trying to think of an image or I'll look at an image and I'll just think, yeah, that works, that doesn't work. And you can't tell why yeah. exactly, but there's something about some images that just works. And it's like you say, with music, well, I think yeah, sometimes the, it's the beat yeah. has to be right. Well, sometimes it's important not to ask that question. And I think that's one of the big mistakes. People are always trying to rationalise when something's a visceral response to something, mm, an emotive mm. response. It's a, be passion and i think people get end up being hamstrung because they're trying to analyze they're trying to they're trying to sort of break it down into its component parts to understand it well there is some value in that but i think that can be very dangerous i think you just say i like it therefore that's fine do i nearly it's the old occam's razor you know are you familiar with occam's razor oh yeah they're taking it's away all that's uh, it's not necessary to leave behind yeah and sometimes you know if it's working for you I mean, obviously, you know, some people would, would I've got to understand why I like this. I think that was also going into galleries and copying masters. Well, o know, Occam's um, razor is all very well, but if you try using it on an egg, you end up with a mess. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's all sorts of... Uh, so you find that each, you know, influences... So the film, you know, had a... And I never really... It, you know, it was always become... And I've always remained friends with well and mm. um, we, we communicate and he was going to try and make wizards too not long ago oh yeah um, i think it was a, well i think black horse wanted to do it it was black horse or one of the i think it was a, one of the comic people mm. um and i think what happened was it looked like it was really going to go and he was getting mike back in because mike's a you know i mean brilliant um and i think that you know just they they black corporations do i think they i think they just wanted to take control of the script mm. And I think last attitude was, it's my idea, my film. <laughs> Fair <laughs> you know, enough. I do it my way. I do it my way. I know way at all. And I think that basically, you know, kicks it into into the long grass. But it really sad because it would have been a lot of fun, you know. Mm. 
No, um, that's fair enough. I mean, it, it should either be done right or don't bother. Yeah, yeah. Now, I I do have to ask about Warhammer a bit, and I'm sure you get a lot of nerds going on on you about Warhammer because um, I love it and I grew up with it, and especially in the sort of 80s and 90s when things were very grey <laughs> and drizzly up north. Warhammer, yeah. just the, the, especially the futuristic Warhammer 40,000 stuff was just this yeah. window into a, a world of extremes where anything could happen and everything was bigger and bolder and better. And you were a huge part of that because you basically created the look for this thing that started as a board game. And now, uh, I don't know how much of it you've seen, but there's so much stuff that's erupted out of that. There's films and series and, and games and all sorts still going. And it's all owing a debt to the work you did back... Uh, well, strangely enough, we're just, um, I'm just working on somebody. Um, um, John Robinson, we're creating a whole set of models mm. and based on my design. They're, they're, um, I don't know if you've seen them or you've heard of them. Cosmetic meld. We did a Kickstarter, and they're all being made in Edinburgh now and shipped out. I think but we're going to be selling those all the, based on all the designs that I've done. He's a he's a great sculptor, so he's just sculpted it all. He's, um, how does so it, those will be how, available? How, how does it feel to see something that that you created that started very small? I mean, it was originally a, a very small operation, and now it's become this. How do how do you view the 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 well, I think I think um, when I went to well, I, I knew I, I knew John Blanche because we'd worked on Tolkien together on, mm. um, on the Tolkien Vestry, and um, he I think um, uh, you know I, I think that I was just invited to go go up and uh, just go see John, and I met Brian Ansell, who was the sort of the you know the sort of the the powerhouse. I mean, behind the whole thing, a very a very um, you know great you know he had a lot knew exactly what he wanted and. I have to say, I suppose if I was looking for a close runner to 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 um, Wizards and to, to Ralph, um, Brian gave me the same sort of John then, who was the art director, gave mm. me the same license. And because it was a world, although I wasn't a gamer and I wasn't into painting models, mm. it was a very it was an easy world for me to step into. I, I didn't find it at all difficult to. To sort of start drawing, mm. and it was—I enjoyed it immensely. It was—it was—it was a really good time, and I just—it um, was a knock-on, I suppose, from from from, from wizards, really, mm. um, because I'd been dealing, and I'd done the Tolkien thing when I came back from from um, from America, working on wizards. I did the Tolkien bestry, so I was already steeped in in sort of um, um, gnomes and and orcs and. And, and, and Tolkien-esque sort of imagery, and the transposition, you know, uh, was 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 pretty easy, and it just sort of it just happened very naturally. And it was quite, it was initially it was quite a nice time, um, like all these things. I think it was then it was still very much a bit of a cottage industry. They had mm. all these sort of young, you know, kind of loose cannons coming in and producing brilliant work, and then I think as it grew and the and this is obviously this is only my sort of take on it. It's, mm. it's, um, it's not, you know, historically. But I think once the banks and big money got involved, then it had to be run more like a with a with with the time clocks and everything. Yeah. Um, and then it all got a bit more regimented and so forth. But my time there, you know, I I, I was uh, I had a pretty you know kind of creatively I was given free license, and then I t started. Um, GW, I was asked to 
I became the sort of commissioning editor for GW Books, which was going to be an offshoot of games workshops, mm. you know, general thing, and set up offices down in Brighton. That was, you know, kind of, we got a few books out. Um, and then that sort of, I don't know, these things sometimes, people, you know, people, things, the, the lines get smudged and there's misunderstanding. And then one day, I, you know, I just wasn't working for Games Workshop anymore, but it was a reasonably amicable, you know, mm-hmm. you know departure. Um, I think when you get a lot of creative people, sometimes it can turn, you know, it can become a bit um, edgy and poisonous. Mm-hmm. There are all sorts of things going on, which, which are pro- probably best left as historical. Yeah, you know, but it was nice. I still, I still talk to John and, and, and so forth. And I, I'm talking to, you know, still talking, well, you know, Brian's not very well at the minute, so, but I, you know, his wife, um, so forth. So, uh, and, and obviously I was quite surprised that it has become so um, important because <laughs> it didn't seem so at the time, you know. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's weird how it touched a nerve, just this idea of uh, insanely fantastical gothic technology yeah. and horror just hit a nerve for some reason but it felt it did feel like this was the time for it back in the day i remember uh, when i was a kid this is in the early 90s and yeah. um the my first real introduction to this stuff uh, they made a computer game based on space hulk and i i got it and i didn't really understand it i was too young to mm. really play the game but the manual that came with it had all these illustrations and pictures of it of these uh, amazing armored warriors fighting terrifying creatures and these huge cathedral like yeah. battleships in space and the game i don't really remember that much of it was crude by today's standards very primitive game but the pictures and imagery i just felt oh my god this is what i want i want to i want to live in this world where everything is huge and fantastical and amazing and nothing is small and drizzly anymore (laughs) yeah yeah no i mean i i mean there were just so many brilliant people work for games probably still do in fact i mean you know and it was just a sort of it was just this sort of this this sort of flow Mm. this little flow of imagery i mean the enthusiasm for it I mean, and as you, you're probably more aware than I am, I mean, it's, it's this, this massive sort of, you know, it's such a massive industry. People just love um, the whole idea of, of, of painting models and so forth in the world and the game playing. I mean, I, you know, I, I just find it quite mind-boggling sometimes, you know, just the intensity of it. Mm. Um, and, you know, but, uh, but strangely enough, I, I'm involved, I, I'm almost involved but I'm almost sort of outside of it, so I, I have a strange, you know, I can, I can, my perspective of it is, is possibly, well, I've never really thought about what that quite what the perspective is, but it's a world which, um, you know, is obviously fascinating and enjoyable. Mm. Um, you know, John has mainstayed. I mean, he became the sort of um, iconic, you know, kind of. A, I suppose John Blanche is seen as some sort of guru now, as far as a Games Workshop, you know, is concerned. I mean, he's. Um, you know, and, and that's that's very nice. You know, he's um, he's gone on producing, you know, kind of really exciting stuff. So, you know, look by default, you know, we're still around and we're still producing. So that's uh, oh, you know, long, that's long may it continue because I think the world needs yeah, more, well, more craziness and ideas that don't. Well, really I, fit. I'm work. I'm working. I'm working on a game now with 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 a with a with a with a chap that that wants to reintroduce that um, an RPG. I think with game. Um, that wants to introduce that feel. So he's uh, um, 
we did we did a we did a Kickstarter with the Tarot Pack together mm. recently, and um, so he's uh, you know he's he's got this sort of game that he's created. So I'm I'm signed up to that. I don't quite know whether it's going to go you know when it it'll pick up again if, if indeed it does. But it's um it's a nice thing to have sort of the simmering in the background. He, Oh, you, you never know people. what's going to resonate with people and take off. And like you say, always changing, always new things. You never know. Sometimes something you never even thought of will turn into something huge like this. Yeah. Well, we just, you know, and there's got the graphic novels that kicked into that with the, 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 the city and um, mm. pops the one I like the most, the luck in the head. So, um so they were all just all extensions of the whole process, you know, going into because when I was a child, my mother worked in the, the theatrical milliner, so I, mm. I very much kind of always drew with the idea that I was drawing stills for a film uh, or a storyboard. So, um, so I've always had that idea that, 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 that the, the cinematic, the, the, the filmatic um, idea of one image following another. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's it's an easy you know it's a comfortable place for me to be an easy place a challenging place so it's uh, and sometimes it's it's you know you, you doing is more important than trying to work out why I yeah think the, the reasons they they usually you know you usually get an idea of why you're doing it they evolve but um, I think people get so hamstrung and you get this inverted pyramid of I, of ideas you know so so top heavy with with reason and, and concept that they don't never actually get, get to the point of actually picking, picking a, a tool up and making a mark. Uh, that, I think you're definitely that right sense? there. No, absolutely. Cause, uh, quite yeah, yeah. I, I've started things and thought I was doing one thing and it turned into something else entirely. I'm sure a lot of people have, and you do have to <clears throat> open yourself up to the idea that a mistake or a chance or a, or fortune will happen, and suddenly you're working on something that has a different meaning to what you ever expected. Well, I think that's the I think that's the creative process. I think what happens you start off with an idea, mm. then you you dictate you dictate whatever it is you're immediately working in. You dictate to the plate or the paper, and then the paper or the plate or the field begins to dictate back. And then it's that interplay, you know, because because you can see things that that worked as an idea. Suddenly, when you've got a field, depth of field, colours, it doesn't work as well as the idea did. And so, once you get that interplay, and then you know, the kind of the idea is talking to you, you're talking to the idea, and you need to. What, most successful things are when you 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 don't say my ideas. That's what I thought it should look like, and that's how it's going to look, whether it works or not. And I think once you enter that sort of, it's almost like a fluid process, mm. and go with the flow. It's and, and that's why I work in what I call a free free fall style now. I never know what's going to happen. I have the idea and I draw it, but now I just go with it. Mm. And when I when I'm commissioned now, people tell me basically what they they talk about. You know, they give me ideas of what they imagine. You know, their their the vision that they have, what they would like to see, what elements. Sometimes asking what colours they don't like, mm, mm. and then I say, okay, well, I, I understand basically what sort of image you want, but if you know what we do now is I sit down, I make drawings, and then, then I go for it, and I don't know where we're going to land, but I haven't crashed in the mountains yet, and then when it's done, I, I, you know, and I say, and then I say, okay, well, I've, I've taken your idea, I've worked it up, if you don't like it no sweat, I'll sell it to somebody else. So you know, you haven't had the worry of of, of work have I invested wisely in this guy? Mm. And so, you know, most times people say, yeah, it's just what I wanted. So, 
Well, um, I mean, you can always shove it in a burn box and send it off to you. <laughs> oh, well, well I'm, I'm uh, sadly, she's not my agent anymore, you know, but, uh, um, but I've, I've got through that. I'm a bit, mm. um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, because I'm not the, I'm not my, you know, I'm a poor, I'm not the, a fan of my own work. So, you know, kind of it's, uh, uh, it's, you know, it's just that, you know, can you produce it? That sort of shit. <laughs> and oh, no, I know. I understand that sentiment entirely. And sometimes I... you ride through that. Somehow I just have got, got through that, you know. Um, I think I've, I've, I've evolved through that and I mm. just, you know, I'll leave this for six months and so forth. And sometimes I look at something that, you know, I mean, at this particular moment, I've got all these bags and I'm just, I've got these Japanese pens and I'm just drawing on, 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 on bags, putting, putting faces of oh. vicious dogs and vicious rabbits on them. Um, and I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with them because they're all vicious. You know, yeah. normally I'm like, this is, this is a seriously bad drawing of a vicious rabbit. Um, so I've now done one rabbit and two vicious dogs. Um, and I thought, well, it's a bag, you can put things in it. Um, but that's a way you just let off steam, you know, as long mm. as I'm making marks and, 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 and a loose mark gives me understanding of a tight mark and so forth. Yeah. It's a continual sort of counterpoint process as with a piece of music, you know, the way you sort of go into these, you have a fugue and the riffs and so forth. And, it's, and Kandinsky did that, you know, the, the, the wonderful, you know, when, when he was playing with even his abstract subjects, even abstract forms have a geometric structure to them, you mm. know, sort of, and and so it's this idea of playing with ideas and allowing yourself to play and not think too hard, but just actually feel for it. Um, and it's almost a process of possession, I think. Reminds me and one when time. people do um, that. I, I, had a, I had a denim jacket once and some marker pens, and I drew a yeah. big, big tiger on the back of the jacket. And I thought, yeah, this looks yeah. cool. Just loads of imagery and flowers and tigers and things. And I thought, this is the best thing. I'm going to wear this always. And then I went around a friend's house. He had a white sofa, which I sat down on. And when I got up, what's left behind on the sofa? <laughs> And that, that's the beginning and the end of me drawing on items of clothing and fabrics. I, uh, yeah, yeah, well, I learned my lesson there. Oh, well, these are, these are special Japanese pens I found. Because um, my son is an artist. You know, he's about to have an exhibition in Glasgow and wanted to just play with something. And so I found these pens from Japan. People use them to decorate plimpsoles and things. Oh, yeah. You know, no, I've seen, yeah, I've seen people do things like that, yeah. They're great. I mean, they're really good. You know, they they you shake them and then they you know they they almost intoxicate you. I don't know what's in them, but they work. Mm. They're quite vivid. So, um, but for a while, I you know did a lot of hand anything just to sort of the counterpoint to drawing tight, and then just doing something silly, which is almost you know kind of childlike in in its, mm. its structure. Mm. So you really have to you really have to throw the net wide, and everything you do, it all feeds back into the you know into that core core process. Because if you know you draw loose, then you understand tightness better than vice mm, versa. Mm. And I say to people, just do it. You know, just do it. Don't hamstring yourself. If you want to start a college, just start drawing and and go go with it. You know, find out about mark making. Let the marks you know dictate terms and so forth. Absolutely. You, you'll introduce your own little stops and starts as you go along, but you've got to make the mistakes, you know, nobody ever did anything worthwhile without, I think as Einstein said that, nobody ever did anything worthwhile without making mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you know, you're I absolutely it, agree with that. Can, yeah, you, yeah, you know, so, 
So I always say to people, you know, just do it. Just, 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 you know, just, just give yourself a, give yourself a lesson. Don't get into a sort of judgment situation straight away. Just do it and leave it for a while and then come back to it. And, you know, you suddenly think, yeah, that worked. I can use that, and etc. Oh, um, and it, but it's just actually releasing people from these, this, this, these, 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 you know, their mental straitjackets they're in. I'm and gonna, I think I'm when you have find to go back people, some of my half finished projects now after that, actually, no, you <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and even if you mixed, I mean, if you were doing a Ralph, you know, if you're working on your, your, your digital program, you suddenly mix that up with some hand drawn pen work, the counterpoint visually would be quite, mm. you know, very exciting. And I think that's why I, I, I love Ralph because he, he did a, a Kickstarter recently, um, 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 Coney Island. Mm. Um, and it's the same thing, you know. You get this sort of interplay of, and you think you, know, you can't help, you can't ignore it. You don't. You don't have to, some people may not like it, but you know, you can't say it's it's bland or it's you know it's it, it doesn't it doesn't doesn't sort of deadline. It, it's so you're waiting. What the hell's going to happen next? You know, and it just I just find it this sort of almost anarchic chaotic interplay of things quite. Uh, Suddenly the stock, and that was with his roller skate. You know, mm. you kind of you suddenly get this this film, the black, and you know, you know, kind of works on you emotively in a very, you know, the things in the film Zulu, and then Eisenstein, you know, so, and um, and they, you know, it's uh, it's still when you see it, it's still, you know, kind of you think, ah, um, but I mean, when when it was made, I wasn't, you know, kind of, I don't think I was a great fan of it, but I think over the years I've become far more appreciative of it and mm. and. and uh, uh, and what it uh, um, and what it actually represents, you know, in terms of animation, and Ralph, of course, um, is 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 still a is is still you know forcefully out there talking. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever listened to any of Ralph's interviews, you know, but they're um, they're very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just bet I'll have to go and listen to a few. I don't know. If I, I don't know. I don't know if I've kept on point here. Yes, and he did have his dissenters, you know. And when I was working on Cool World, I heard that he chased some. I wasn't. I didn't go out to Las Vegas. I, I, I went out when they were they were they were in um, Pasadena. Um, but he chased somebody off set, you know. Um, but then he used to we used to argue, and people used to be frightened because they nobody argued with Ralph, and mm. there he was, you know, be arguing with me and people. I could see they were trepidation. You know, God, God, how, how dare he? What's Ralph going to do? Him saying that to him, you know. I've heard um, and, uh, every time you hear an interview about, uh, you know, certainly famously difficult directors and things, some people will say, oh, I found, you found it very difficult to work with this person. But people who are on the wavelength of difficult people and mesh with them always say, oh, no, it was fine. We had a great relationship. So maybe it's like that. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I, never, found, I never found him. I mean, the thing with Ralph, he was very emotive. I mean, some mm. people used to say, you know, the film's, used to use the term scattergun to describe his films. Well, you know, it's a bit derogatory, um, you know. But, I mean, it, it's all the eye of the beholder. I mean, you know, it, it, there's always going to be somebody that doesn't like what you do. There's always going to be somebody that's mm. going to find fault. But I personally, you know, we used to have sort of all sorts of, you know, interactions. I mean, I think he used to find me a trial, um, you know. But, but then I was younger, you know, and I suppose I was... You know, I had a poisonous dwarf mentality then. You know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, 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 you know, I was bolshy, and, and there were stories that that I, that I wouldn't possibly tell you. You know, 
nothing to do with Ralph directly, but um, about the, the politics in studios. Mm. And so it, it's a strange, it's a strange industry to be in. I mean, you meet them, you meet some astonishingly talented people, which is wonderful, and that's one of the great things of it. You know, you do really meet some. some I mean, Barry Jackson, who came in to work on um, Lord of the Rings, and I'm not sure he worked on Wizards. Um, and I've, I've, when I've worked on other things, it's all been the basic, the similar crew, you know, the same people. Mm. Um, and they, you know, they're, they're lovely people. You know, they're absolutely super people. Um, and and work, you know, you're working with the best, you know, in the industry, sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah. you know, that, there's something very nice about that. Um, and this film, this uh, this, I've just done an interview. I think I mentioned to your American friend. It seemed very similar to this with this French director who's been introducing, also um, did a big interview with Ralph and Mobius and Crumb mm. and all the big comic artists of the 60s. And I was quite, I never, you know, I was quite impressed when he asked me. I thought, Christ, you know, these are the people I've admired all my life as well, you know. Um, um, so it'd be very interesting to see him. And he's coming back to, to do, um, he wants to do Roger Dean and I together. Mm. Um and uh, Roger and I have known each other. I love Roger to bits. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen because <laughs> it can get a bit, a bit funny when and Roger and I are together. You know. <laughs> um, um, but um, no, it's all right. You know, it's, it's but it, so because Roger has, uh, you know, Roger has views and I don't necessarily agree with. So, but I think uh, Nicholas wants that and all to go into this film. So I'm looking forward with great interest to seeing what happens because I'd some of the other. Um, some of the other Dewey, I want to see, you know, could be telling about his interview with him in Paris and, you know, what other artists were saying. And you think, yeah, I agree with that. You know, that's interesting. So I'm quite in support to seeing. And I said to him when he'd done the interview, I said, God almighty, I hope you're going to edit some of this. <laughs> I, said, I think I made him laugh a lot. So it seemed to be that he wants to come back and, you know, get another, another little bit. You know, oh, I'm um, sure it'll be fine. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, kind of a, a box full of bollocks, really. You know, kind of, <laughs> you know but there's grist, you know, grist, mill and all that. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't have, uh, where are we with questions? Because we got off track here. <laughs> well, listen. You know, you get this verbal diarrhea situation. No, this, just, it's uh, been wonderful because you, you've actually answered a lot of stuff I wanted to ask about the, the experience <laughs> and the, the process and, uh, you know, your take on the artistic process as well this is all stuff i wanted to know so i'm glad you've you've you've, you've been able to talk about it that's wonderful i mean we've been going for nearly an hour now i'm afraid i'm gonna have to let you go yeah. we have to we have to put this into an episode you see so that people can sit and, and listen to it and uh, i would love you, to just did, keep talking did, do you all think, day do you think do you think people actually want to listen to this well <laughs> we hope so i mean you put i mean stuff I'm, 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 not, I'm talking it I'm talking about myself here, not other, you know, kind of it's uh, sometimes, you know, kind of um, I did an interview with some Indian art magazine and the girl interviewed me with a phone. And when I, when I read what she'd written, I thought, oh, Jesus, that, you know, it sounds like a, a prat. You know? Well, you know, what? I would um, want to listen to it. And so if it makes me happy, oh. then I'm going to put it out there. And that's all that really matters, because well, well, uh, let me, as an appendage, let me say that, you know, kind of. You know, kind of most of the people that do what they do, they're, they're all pretty nice people. Mm. You know, there's the odd, there's the odd ask, you know, but most of the people that do what they do well are, are very amiable and, you know, approachable people. 
I mean, it's, um, I've been, some people in Australia said I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I've become a recluse. Well, I, I, I'm not a person of big crowds anymore. And I, mm. I do like to be quiet. But, you know, I am available and I'm very interested in the process and other people's processes. Mm. So if people, you know, have a sensible answer, I'm always happy to sort of, you know, if I have the time or the thing, but always happy to, to, to sort of answer questions or try and help people mm. because I was lucky enough to be helped by people that, you know, that, that were generous enough, you know, experienced enough to, to, to give me advice when I needed it. Mm, mm. And I feel, I feel duty bound to, you know, to be a, not the same, I think notice something that come with it, I'm taken in strays. Um, but I, I do find um, that what the nice thing is that, that suddenly discovering that I'm still relevant um, and I've been doing this a long time. Um, and people still feel I've got something to, you know, to, to, to contribute. And that is the, the what makes one go on. Yeah. And uh, for the and record, to, you're, very much still, yeah. you're very much still relevant. And people are... Yeah. You know. I have a friend of mine who's um, working on playtesting with Games Workshop. When I said I was speaking to you, he said, oh, Realms of Chaos. And immediately... He, uh, he he knew and uh, he was interested. So yeah, absolutely, you're, you're very much still relevant, and it's it's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you very much for yeah. for taking the time yeah. with me like this. And that's to... good. And I've got a one of my my only my book is coming up soon. Oh yes, the Broken Diary. You know, I don't know when it's coming. It's supposed to be republished, but it's it's a load. Now that is a load of bollocks. But <laughs> um, it was just it was just an experiment. I didn't know I'd use so many words. Um, there's no pictures in it. It's just a broken diary. It's part real, part... And it's not chronological. I actually decided I didn't want to be chronological, mm. as diaries are. Um, um, but that was interesting in terms of just exploring, you know, the vagaries of the mind. Um, and I, I did it that as a... As a, as a it was, a, it was a, a creative exercise as a counterpoint to draw. Mm. Um, so hopefully that, that'll be you know, available again soon. I think you can still get copies of it. I think it's, you, you get a copy by, I haven't got any funnily enough. Um, you can get it by demand. I think it's printed by one of these. Oh, right, yeah. Just, so if, 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 if you actually want to read something that's probably, would be better off propping up a table with one short leg, um, um, it's available out there somewhere. Right, I'll have a look for that. It's, oh. called, the, it's called The Broken Diary. Um and it's um, it, it's probably um, it's it's a very dysfunctional tome, I have to say. Well, all the best tomes are. <laughs> <laughs> no, not as dysfunctional as this. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, these are these are things. You, and all I can say to you is on your comic, you think I, I just looking at it. I think about that about counterpointing the way some of the images fall on the pages. So when you turn the page, there's a sudden visual shock. You know, in terms of the the sort of the uh, you know, that runs with the story. I mean, that, it might be something you have no desire to do and you're happy with the format. But I always tell people, experiment, try, you know, mm. mixing it up and things. And then you sort of turn a page and it's gone from, when you go from colour just to black and white, when it happens in films, like um, The Wizard of Oz mm, mm. starts off in black and white and then turns to, to vivid colour. You know, such a simple device, but it's memorable. And... Um, and sometimes you can use very, very simple mechanisms to, you know, to sort of create dramatic, you know, dramatic interlude mm. or dramatic counterpoint. I'm very much for that. Think outside the box, as they say. Oh, lovely. It's, uh, but, 
But I will get back to you once I've read, had, actually had time to sit down tomorrow is my reading day, catching up with all the things that are coming. I'll, um, I'll get well, back like to you. I say, don't expect it to make much sense because it's all very incoherent, uh, but deliberately so. It's not an accident. <laughs> I, 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 that that, that's, that's, um, that's very much within the, uh, within the realms and realms where I, where I exist, you know, so, oh. so don't worry about that. <laughs> thank you. Well, once again, thank you, you very you much. I am actually, do you? I've got a, a bloody rabbit in the drain outside. Oh, no. Again, I'll have to go. Yeah. Yes, my dog's dead now, but last couple of years ago, he bit the dog. Bus, oh. and, you know, and it was only when there was snow and I was banging, banging ice and he came up and bit the dog, so. Rabbits can be vicious. Teeth. I had a I had a rabbit once, oh, yeah. and it was yeah. uh, very territorial. Didn't like me at all. I didn't. Yeah, I never thought Warship Down would 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 come out as an Elm Street in in the grid outside my front door. <laughs> 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 yeah, but uh, any, yeah, but yeah, but oh, well, you know, yeah, oh, well. okay, right. I, I'm I'm getting. I'm, I can see that I'm losing the plot here. I'm beginning oh, to. Dear. I'm beginning to. Yeah. Well, listen. Keep in touch. You, you know, I will. You, you want to, you know, you don't need a particular reason. Just you want to talk, or just send me send me an email. I will reply. Not to. Oh, I'm thank just, you uh, very much. I'd gladly so. I'd love to. I'd love to keep talking. Well, you know, yeah, keep in touch. There's no absolutely no reason. I'm not I'm not, I'm not all on my own. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not actually. My wife's downstairs, but. Oh, good. You know. She, 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 she's not going to talk to me for three o'clock. So, <laughs> fair play. Ban, banished. Yes, but when she when she unlocks the door and lets me out. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, then. All right. Then. Well, thanks a lot. Nice, once nice again. talking to you. Well, I hope that I hope that helps. Oh, it's wonderful. It's uh, it's been brilliant talking to you. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot oh, for all your time. Yeah. Okay. Bye bye then. Well, be here for you soon. Bye bye. Bye. The Cinemania Society will return in one week for the conclusion of its Season 1 finale. This episode was written and produced by Andy Slack and Ethan Ireland. Special thanks to Ian Miller for generously agreeing to participate. Music by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Email us at thecinemaniasociety at gmail.com or visit our subreddit at r slash thecinemaniasociety. The Cinemania Society is a product of the Cinemania Society, LLC.